Welcome to the Social Work Your Life podcast with me, Kim Beam. I am an educator, a creative writer, a social worker, a cancer survivor, and so much more. My life experiences, my gut and intuition, they have guided me throughout my journey so far. We are going to navigate this roller coaster of our lives together, finding practical ways to cope. Join me as we learn to trust our intuition and find our joy. Let's jump into today's episode. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about anxiety. Mm, anxiety. It's my friend. Anxiety and I hang out together. It's, um, uh, it's what I do. And there are systems that I have put in place over the past 20-something years because I have learned how my anxiety likes to show up and where it shows up the most and how to be kind to it. Um, when I first started experiencing anxiety, I was all about like shoving it down and getting it away and doing what I can to like not experience it, but that actually doesn't help. It makes it worse. So I know what my symptoms are. I could go into them in some graphic detail, but I'm sure that's not going, I mean, it might be interesting. So um, on a really, really bad day, uh, anxiety can look like the need to go to the bathroom right now in the pooping sense, and there's no time to wait. Um, I have been known to get lightheaded. I've been known to get dizzy. I've been known to feel like the floor is slanted on a diagonal, even though it's not. Um, I have been known to like when I first got back to teaching after I was sick, I remember holding on to like the lockers with like half lockers with like a counter on top. I was holding on to the counter and I was like, the floor is moving. And people were like, Kim, what am I? No, it's really badly slanted right now. And I'm like, I understand this is anxiety. Um, it all happens for me on the inside. I don't shake. I don't, I don't, I mean, I do bounce a little and sometimes, um, if I'm really not feeling well, like the bathroom floor tile normally goes in lines like this and this. But when I'm really having bad anxiety, I know I am because I start to see diagonals. It's really weird, but it's how my brain isn't able to take in information. If I'm listening to somebody and I'm beginning to get the worry and the not worry as in W-O-R-R-Y, but worry as W-H-I-R-R-Y, like whir, like my brain starts to whir. Um, it's, it's almost like I can't hold on to people's language. And when they're talking to me, I don't know what they're saying. Or if I have to make a decision, I can't pull my brain together to make that decision. Um, I don't take in all of the facts that are being given to me. I can't hear everything. Um, and that makes it even worse. I do have a tell though. You know how like some people when they um when they're about to have like a seizure, they have like an aura of light that they see. For me, if my toes start to curl inside my shoes, I know immediately that things are not okay and I have to change I have to change what's going on. I just have to change what's going on and do something very different. So um, also I know where my trigger places are. My trigger places are small enclosed places with lots of loud noise. So the open air area of an airport is pretty much okay. But the second you get down into the gate, 
area where the ceilings become low and there's a lot of people standing around and there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of overhead like announcements happening, that's no good. Or the mall at Christmas time. Mm -mm, I don't do it. In fact, I do Christmas shopping in like February and March because I don't want to be anywhere near a mall at Christmas at all. I don't want to deal with parking. I don't want to deal with people. I don't want to deal with being smushed. I don't want to feel closed in, in loud spaces with a lot of people. My body's just like, "Mm -mm, this is no good. This is, we have to stop this. So that's how the anxiety for me manifests. And the second I notice that my toes are curling inside my shoes, I try to like relax my feet and my legs and I try to like breathe into. So when I breathe in my nose, meditators say the weirdest stuff. So one of the things they'll say is like, breathe into your feet. And they're like, what the hell does that mean? How do you breathe into your feet? Because when you breathe in, you just breathe into your nose and then you breathe down into your lungs. And physiologically, you cannot breathe into your feet. That is just not possible. However, if you're in a position to do this with me and you're in a safe location and you're not driving and you're, you know, you're in a space where like people aren't going to look at you a little weird if you close your eyes, go ahead, give your eyes a close. I'll close mine. And now I want you to breathe in through your nose, breathe in through your nose and then out through your nose again, in through your nose and then out through your nose. Now on this next breath, go ahead, keep breathing in and out on your nose and just listen to the directions and see if you can follow along. So when you breathe in through your nose, I want you to pull that back up to your eyelids, the crease in your eyes, the space, the space where your eyelids like come together when they close. So when you're breathing in, I want you to imagine that the air is going into your eyelid creases, like the space where you get the gunk out. And then let that go. And just keep doing that for a bunch of times. You're just bringing the breath up into your eyelid creases. And now I want you to bring it up a little bit higher to the space between your two eyebrows. And now I want you to bring your breath up a little bit higher. Keep breathing in and out through your nose as I'm talking. And you can just stick with the eyebrow until you hear all the direction. But I want you to imagine that there's like a cross hatching from your nose back and from your ears across. And it makes kind of a cross space inside your head. And I want you to imagine that your breath hits the center of that space up in your forehead. So up, up by the line, up across, up in your head. Bring your breath to the forehead center, wherever that is for you, wherever you think forehead center, that feels like this for me. Go ahead, bring, bring your breath to your forehead center. For me, it's up above my ears. It's like um, here down and here across, like bam, if you could it's sort of in between, it's in the brain space. 
And just imagine that your breath goes there. It goes up your nose, right into the forehead. And then when you're ready, go ahead and open your eyes with me. And now I have to say, your breath didn't go to the forehead center. Your breath didn't actually touch your eyelids, nor did it touch the space between your eyebrows. It never went there. It felt like it did because your breath brings energy. Weird, right? Totally weird. But that's how it works. Your breath brings energy, and because your breath brings energy, you can feel it in these specific locations. And the energy just kind of flows on up. So flowing up is relatively easy. Flowing down, not so easy. So imagine that energy. So if you will, close your eyes again. Imagine that energy coming up and flowing down. And coming in, it flows up and flows down. And I want you to imagine that as it's coming in, it's filling your body. So not just hitting the forehead center, but like beginning to flow all the way through until you're filled up with the energy of the breath. And eventually gets down to your feet. And when you get really good at this, you're able to do it regularly and you're able to breathe into your feet. And that's what it means when a meditator says, breathe into your feet, and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it kind of does because breath is energy, and you're bringing energy, and you're changing the, as I like to say, you're changing the weather system inside your body, right? When I walk up to somebody and I say, hey, how's the weather today? I'm not always just asking, how's the weather outside? Mm, it looks a little rainy today, right? No, that's not just what I mean. I mean, like, how are you? How's your personal weather system today? Are you rainy? Are you sunny? You have a chance of showers. So when you are intentionally breathing, you can change the weather system inside your body. It's kind of an amazing thing and really rather fabulous. When I learned that, I was able to shift my panic attacks quite a bit rather quickly because I realized that belly breathing, which is another thing I didn't talk about, but like chest breathing, belly breathing. Chest breathing happens up here in your chest and belly breathing happens down here in your lower belly. And if you put your hand on your upper chest and the hand on your lower belly, you'll know which one you do. If your lower belly hand goes up and down, you belly breathe. Good job. If your upper hand goes up and down, you're chest breathing and you're getting a lot of CO2. Um, so the where you bring your breath into your body also matters. So you're breathing up into your nose and you're going up into your forehead center and you're breathing out, but are you breathing through your belly when you do that? Or are you breathing through your chest? And this is a lot to take in. It's a lot of information and your body, if you haven't been paying attention to any of this, your body's going, what the hell is she talking about? Mm -hmm. It takes practice. Maybe just belly breathe for a while and like, how do I get my belly to move in and out when I'm breathing? versus chest breathing. So with chest breathing, when you're a chest breather and you're up here in your chest, what you're doing is you're bringing in a lot of air. You're not expelling a lot of carbon dioxide and you wind up hyperventilating and you can cause your own lightheadedness. 
Now there's something. So if you're belly breathing, you can break a panic attack because you're bringing oxygen in and you're breaking the like hyperventilation chest breathing um, cycle. I was in a very small room with a student last year doing therapy with a student who is high anxiety. So the student had anxiety to begin with. So I was like monitoring their anxiety levels, but through my own empathy skills. And I was also trying to monitor my anxiety because sometimes other people's anxiety can trigger my own. So I was, you know, doing the balance of this is their anxiety, not my anxiety. This is their anxiety, not my anxiety. We're trapped in this little room together where we were told we were due to do therapy together, where it was private and quiet, sort of closety like. But there was an overhead like announcer speaker in the ceiling that started to like give the good morning high school announcements. And my body started to freak out. And I didn't know if it was her freaking out or me freaking out at that moment. And I guess it really doesn't matter. I started to have one of my big panic attacks. That means I need to find a bathroom really fast. And I was like, I am trapped in this room with this individual. I can't just get up and go and find a bathroom. So I was like, you're going to have to breathe this one out and see if you can like break the cycle in this moment. So I noticed how my feet fell inside my shoes and I just started to belly breathe. I just belly breathed for like a minute while the announcements were going on. It took about two and a half minutes of belly breathing, consciously belly breathing. And the panic attack just sort of ebbed away. And the wave that was rising, instead of like coming in and cresting and taking me under, it just started to flow back into the ocean and back up because I did the work and I know what work to do. I'm able to like break the cycle before it happens. But that's only because I've been practicing to do this for about a decade. This is not something that comes easily. It's not something that comes naturally because our bodies are set up to do the fear, fight, flight, run. Okay. So we fight or we flee or we stand perfectly still to freeze. Freezing is a sort of a different like brain process. The fighting or the running are, are like ingrained pituitary right in the middle of kind of the space where I was like, this is where I feel my like breathing into my forehead center. Your brain, our brains are wired for safety and to get ourselves out of trouble. So saying that like anxiety is never going to be a friend of mine is a total lie because I am wired to get the hell out of danger. And if my body thinks I'm in danger, that's my problem. Another thing I want to talk about is our thoughts. Our thoughts are a problem and our thoughts are often the thing that triggers the anxiety. And I can't always point to the thought that made me 
trigger, right? I can't always point to the thought that like set me off on the I don't feel so well. I can't always back up and be like, what was the thought that's making me feel kind of crappy? I'm getting better at it. But again, I've been meditating and I've been watching my thoughts for about a decade. So that right there makes me like set up to notice the thought that makes me feel crappy. And I I know when I'm having a thought that makes me feel crappy. Like I can tell because I sometimes get a lump in my throat and I my brain starts to whir or I even sometimes will walk in the kitchen and be like, I want to eat something. And then I'll be like, well, I'm not even hungry. That wasn't, why am I in here? Oh, because I had a thought that makes me feel not so good. And then I'm able to like, be like, uh, and I'm often able to pull out the topic, not necessarily the exact content, but the topic of whatever it was that was really eliciting the, the, the response that, you know, I was creating. So doesn't really matter where it comes from. doesn't matter if the anxiety starts because of something that happens on the outside, like for me at the airport or the mall, or if it starts on something on the inside because I have a thought that like overwhelms me. doesn't matter. The symptoms are the same. Your body still thinks you're in danger however you are, wherever you are. The way that you break it though is to acknowledge it, acknowledge how you feel, if you tamp it down and try and press it down and use your energy to squash it, it'll just actually make it bigger. If you get on a roller coaster and you decide that you're going to be tight, right? And you're just going to, I'm going to fight it. You're going to like, you can hurt your neck and you can hurt your body. The point of being on a roller coaster is you relax into the movements and you go with it. The anxiety is the same way. You just let it run through your body and not fight it. And you breathe through it. And you're like, I see it. I recognize that it's here. And I'm just going to belly breathe until it moves on. Because I will tell you, it won't stay. Your body can't stay in that fight mode for very long. If you are in that fight mode for a while, it's probably because you're having some sort of chemical reaction and you should probably call the doctor. Right. If you've taken something or you've eaten something that your body just is not able to process in a way. Um, I was actually having a chemical reaction to an IUD at one point and I knew it was from the IUD and all of my techniques weren't working. And the anxiety attack lasted for about an hour and a half. And that that's not normal. And I was like, this is not normal. This thing needs to go. So like. You can, if once you get to know your body and you get to know how your body processes, you'll be able to discover that what's happening is if it's not affecting, if what you're doing is not affecting the change, I would seek medical help. In fact, I would seek medical help to start because I couldn't control my anxiety for a long time without the help of medications and medications are absolutely necessary in some instances. And I would say you should talk to a medical professional about that. Um, but knowing your body and helping your body out can't hurt whether you're on a medication or not. I think that's all of it. It's, it's a lot. I gave you a lot today in a very short period of time. Thoughts, belly breath, chest breathing, breathing into your forehead center, breathing into the yummy space and the creases of your eyelids, 
and seeking medical help and professional help and seeking a professional counselor's opinion as well is top on the list. Okay. I hope you all are having a good day, a sunny day, and it's okay if there's a chance of showers and it's okay if you're in a thunderstorm day too, because you know what? We're all human and we're all having a human experience. Um, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. I know you have a ton of options out there and I am grateful for you being here with me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or post it on social media. If you have a topic or question you would like me to go over, connect with me on socialworkyourlife.com. Don't forget to subscribe and I'll talk to you soon.